tribute. Long time ago, me and my brother Kyle here, we was hitchhiking down a long and a lonesome road. All of a sudden, there shined a shiny demon in the middle of the road. And he said, You're listening to Front and Center with Sean and Joseph! Oh, yes! Welcome back here on Sin Nation. How good was that intro? <laughs> Woo! Thought we'd mix it up a little bit this week. Jeez, I'm so happy we put that together. Bet you thought, oh, it's just Tenacious D, but no, it's Sean and Chilza! Oh, every Thursday night, we join you from 7pm here on Sin Nation to bring you some exciting some exciting things. We've got a whole range of things on for today. Oh, Nelson Mandela once said that our winner is a dreamer who never gives up, and that's what this show is all about. We are interviewing incredible young people. We are inspiring incredible young people, and we're informing you incredible people with some crazy, crazy news. Now, today we've got a very special episode. We have with us in a little while Bistro Morgan. Well, his name's Morgan Hipworth. He started Bistro Morgan. Uh, you might have seen them, these crazy donuts. They've got syringes in them. They're doing all sorts of things. This guy... They are a they are a diabetics nightmare. <laughs> he was our... Uh, when we first came up with the idea of the show, he was the first person we wanted to interview mm. because we thought, you know what, this guy really symbolises what the show is about, highlighting incredible achievements by young people. This bloke is 16 years old and he's got his own donut business. He's, you know, I've seen his donut nuts stocked all over the place in Melbourne and oh. he's just absolutely killing it. We cannot wait to have a chat. It's great. Donuts worry, guys. We've got a great show ahead. <laughs> Plenty of donut puns all day. Also, a fantastic week for young people in general, Jules. Oh, it has been. Sean, tell us about it. So, yesterday in Sydney, we had TEDx Youth, fantastic youth uh, event uh, in Sydney with a whole bunch of uh, young speakers from young scientists to writers, musicians, activists, you name it. Oh, Lineup was absolutely stellar. It was incredible. I wish I could have sat down and just watched the whole thing all day. They were live streaming it. It was great. Great. Yeah. All day. Fantastic chats of just awesome young people doing awesome things. And we're mm. hoping, we are hoping to organize a little TEDx Youth special front and, front and center episode within the next couple of weeks. Fingers hoping, crossed. Fingers crossed we can tee up a couple of interviews with a two or three of the speakers that were there because that would be absolutely fantastic. Oh, it would be absolutely amazing. Sean. How yes. was your Father's Day weekend? Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there, all the all the individuals who act as fathers, you know. Happy Father's Day. It was a great time. It's a great time. Yeah, a fantastic day. Unfortunately, my dad is up in Queensland, so I didn't get the <laughs> chance to wish him Happy Father's Day in person. Uh, oh, but I heard that... I'm sure um, he had a great Father's Day out there, though. <laughs> another Sin Nation seasonal father figures. They had a Father's Day episode on... A Father's Day special on Sunday. Oh, so uh, it. check that one out. That's great. <clears throat> Excuse me. I was down at Anglesey for Father's Day weekend. Which oh, yeah? What did you get up to nice. down there, Jules? I uh, just did some walking in between... The rain, because <laughs> it was raining most of the time. Um, but it was very sunny. I have a lot of it's a lot of nostalgia down at Aries Inlet with that lighthouse around the twist, you know, if you ever ever felt like this. <laughs> I, just, I just love going down there. It was an absolute time. <laughs> Please spare us your <laughs> terrible singing look. I tell you what, Sean, this is, I had a real weird week. Like, And it's been a terrible start to spring as well with all this coldness and rain. It's like the coldest it's been all week, uh, all year, I mean. Um, I saw a guy drinking from a jar. He was drinking water from a jar. Like... From a, ba- from a jam jar, like empty jam jar. That's not something I'd expect people to be drinking. Speaking of vessels that, yeah. that you weirdly eat and drink out of, check out our podcast from la- two weeks ago? Yeah, two weeks ago yeah, think, yeah. to hear about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 
You're listening to Front and Center with Sean and Julesa on Sin Nation. Quick shout out to Sean Wales, the man next to me. I hate you, Sean, because <laughs> while I was gone to collect our guest, he uh, changed my profile picture on Facebook <laughs> to a frog. <laughs> you can't trust anybody in this world. If I've learned one thing, Jules, that's what, not even your radio oh, host, especially not your radio I never host. take advantage of when his computer's up because I'm just a good bloke. Now, later on, in about 15 minutes, we'll be coming to you with our very special young guest, uh, Morgan Hipworth. He, I'm pretty excited for that one. I'm super excited. This guy has started a massive... League successful donut uh, company, uh, and we'll be with you very shortly with him. But before we do, we've got our unheard of slash wacky news. Jules, what's what's on the agenda? Oh, it has been a week for news. I had to cut stuff out. Sometimes we've struggled to find news, but this week I had to cut stuff out because we've just found so much crazy stuff. First story, Sean. We all heard a couple of weeks ago how much you hate. How people worship dogs. Yeah. Again, check out that podcast yeah. two weeks ago. I'm very big on six. the line between uh, man and animal. Yeah, keep them as pets, not as you know bed partners. So, or, <laughs> you know, none of that crap. So Sean must absolutely despise an entire festival <laughs> that celebrates man's best friend. Wait, what? A this, whole a dog? This is festival. a dog festival. This is the annual dog carrying festival. It's happened in the. Jiobang Village again. I'm absolutely butchering these 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 pronunciations. Um, in China, where a dog is dressed up and worshipped as a god, because local folklore. Uh, in local folklore, uh, there were a bunch of settlers in the area and they were dying of thirst and then a dog led them to a water source so you know once a year they just choose a dog there's no i don't know i couldn't find a reason why they chose the, each dog uh they dress them up in a tailor-made shirt and hat carry around a sedan cha- chair literally like a god and just giving it re- re- religious treatment and they're just throwing mud at each other <laughs> for, for, for good luck I, I, really, mud. I really wish that there was some kind of application process for these dogs, for these dogs. <laughs> like <laughs> the owners are like oh pick my dog and then they just have like this massive contest to see which dog is worshipped, but now it just seems uh, like maybe that's what dog shows are for. Maybe they have dog <laughs> shows in America and then ship them over to China and dress them up. There's been some controversy about whether or not people think this is a mistreatment of the dog, but I mean that dog looked pretty damn happy in the in the article I read. <laughs> um, it, for the listeners uh, who obviously don't have the pleasure of uh, viewing this dog, it's literally like picture a, a float like in a parade mm-hmm. uh, with you know people carrying this float, and in that. Is this kind of like kind of like those old like Egyptian movies you'd see where the slaves are sort of carrying a throne on their backs, kind of thing, and there's a dog on there instead. Look, never heard of this before, but I would love to travel there and see this in real life. This Super is the interesting. Ult- ultimate mud fire, I think. And people people were getting around this though. People were saying this is the kind of religion that I could get around, and and this and this dog must be the goodest of all boys. <laughs> oh, I love how people get around dogs. This is yeah. Oh, oh some but crazy how stuff. how jealous would you feel being? One of the other dog owners. You'd be like, why did my dog get chosen? Well, maybe it's, maybe that's not how, how it works. Maybe. Maybe the, no one owns this dog. It's just kind of... A stray just dog. Just the chosen one. That makes sense. Oh, mm. the, cho- <laughs> the chosen one. Every year they have the chosen dog. That now, what else great. is going on, Jules? There's uh, some Guinness Book of World Records. The Guinness? latest release is out. Yes. You know, the first one was released in 1955, Sean. Did you know that? What's that? Uh, 62 uh, years ago? 70? 72? 70? No. Yeah, 72. Yeah, 72. 
Wait, no. 62. 62. <laughs> <laughs> maths with oh, front and centre. Maths, maths with art students. This Give us a break. Yeah, 1955. I, I don't like the statistics part of my psychology course. <laughs> but yeah, so 1955 was the first one. Um, yeah, like I said, there was just a ton of weird news. So I just thought, like, I'm just going right now, we're just going to talk about the absolute list of all these Guinness World Records because they're all weird. So they're all worthy of the show. Weird news you guys have to hear about. So yeah, the, the, it got uh, published the other day, the 2018 version. And they're just some weird records being broken. So first up, we've got a man named Oliver Strumpfuel. Strumpfuel? I know it's a German name. Who spent 200 hours collectively training at the gym for 40 seconds of walking. 40 seconds of walking. What was he doing for this 40 seconds of walking, Jules? Tell me He was carrying 31 beer-filled steins stacked up in two rows. So he's walked 40 metres and set them down. 31 in his two hands. 31 in his two hands. That's 69 kilos, 150 pounds for our non-metric system friends across the pond. <laughs> that is 69, that's 70 kilos just in your hands of beer and glass. Because those steins, I went to Oktoberfest in Munich last year, those steins are heavy. Now, Jules, you've been going to the gym lately. You've got I some have, pretty strong I forearms. Like, and... I could totally lift 69 kilos <laughs> with my arms. That's just a ridiculous amount in your, in your hands. I mean, your fingers aren't really meant to be carrying that much, so that... That's just oh, that's super just, impressive. You, uh, that would be that would be that be painful. I would break I would break things. Oh yeah, I mean he dropped two of them, so he officially carried twenty set down twenty nine successfully. But that's still a record in itself, and so he's going to work his way up to 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 thirty one. But oh, I just I just couldn't imagine it just carrying that. It's it'd be so heavy. Um, oh, it's just it's just great. I just love it because good on him. Now there was another weird <laughs> record in in this one, wasn't there, Sean? You've heard of giant Belgium omelettes breaking world records yep, in our we, show, we, in fact. We spoke about that, yep. Well, get ready for Mexico smashes world record with three-ton guacamole! Oh. <laughs> Yeah, Mexico has absolutely smashed the world record for when it comes to guacamole. What was it, Jules? It was a three-ton guacamole. Oh, it was three tons of guacamole. So that is a lot of guacamole. That is, I think, 25,000 avocados were, um, were, I guess, mashed up in this uh, were mashed up in this process. A thousand people, so 600 student chefs, 400 rural people. This was in Buenos Aires, so in Brazil. Um, oh, wait, no, sorry, it was in Mexico. I said that before. <laughs> uh, it, oh, sorry, the rural town is called Concepcion de Buenos Aires. So it's, a, I guess, a, a, sub, a subreddit of, of Buenos Aires in Brazil, Sean. Um, but, I mean, this one isn't just about breaking records. Sean, do you want to give us a bit of information about the sort of, I guess, the political undertones of this Mexican... Mexican hat dance. Yeah, so it wasn't just entertainment uh, with all these thousands of avocados uh, being involved. The uh, Mexicans were making a bit of a political statement to their guacamole-loving Americans <laughs> across the border. So Guacamole protests. Guacamole protests. <laughs> the North Americans, uh, there's a free trade agreement going on with... Uh, President Donald Trump, and he, you know, he wants to change a few things around. And basically, the Mexicans were saying, "Look, if you change this and you know, give us a hard time, you're not going to get all this fantastic guacamole." Obviously, you know, through the avocado trade, it's a big uh, part of Mexico's uh, industry and yeah. their exports. So, 
Oh, it's just great. That's, that's the a good best, way to do that's it. That's the best kind of protest where you yeah. get food and everyone's happy and satisfied. Just making no one's th- going to be rioting at a guacamole protest. <laughs> Who can be upset at a three-ton guacamole extravaganza? I'd happily drown in three tons of guacamole. Sean, there were Dutch rabbits slam dunking seven nets in one minute. Oh, Guinness world record broken. Not a regular size hoop, though. So can this be considered legit? I think we can. That's your I'll, record. I'll pay it. We'll I'll pay, pay it. it. We'll pay it. Uh, a, a, a Chinese woman has 4.9 inch long eyelashes. Disgusting, to say the least, in my opinion. Uh, and, and another man who was colorblind, Neil Harbison, got an antenna fitted into his brain so he can hear colors as musical notes. This made my jaw drop. I love how much uh, effort people are putting into these Guinness World Records. Who goes, you know, back to the maybe, you know, the carrying the beer ones, the beers in your hand? Who goes, you know, one day they just think, you know what, I'm going to see how many. One Steins. liter Steins I can carry, and yeah, I'm gonna break. The thing about these ones, they're kind of aren't they just like making world records? Like, I feel like I feel like they are. I feel like they're just doing stuff, and they're like, well, just there has to be a world record. So we'll have to think about you can't something. complain when you get famous, though. All right, third story, Sean. We are nearly at the end of the, this part of the show. But speaking of religion, before religious weird religious practices, I guess that's kind of like a half theme of today. So apologies to all the celiac Catholics out there because a weird decision by the Catholic Church this week banned gluten-free bread. The Vatican recently sent out a directive saying that the bread used in communion, quote, must be unleavened purely of wheat. Hosts that are completely gluten-free are invalid matter. That could be a problem for a lot of people. An estimated 1% of the world's population has celiac disease. Wow, that I love that. <laughs> Just taking a stance against gluten-free. Has it gone too far, Jules? Do you think we should I love be the changing? Music in the background. Do you think we should be changing uh, the communion, or do you think the Catholics should be changing their communion? Hundred percent. I say screw the gluten-free revolution. <laughs> no, so many people. One in ten Aussies avoid gluten, according to the CSIRO, and I bet you a lot of those don't need it. But this is it's just weird because basically the, the communion, Sean, is that you're the the. Um, religious practice behind is that you're receiving the body of Christ. Um, so they used to be able to do gluten-free versions of it, like with rice or uh, you know fruit or something like that. But they're saying that now you can buy this stuff on the internet. So they only want it to be made by verified people and have proper integrity. And that's why they're only allowing proper qualified people to make it. Yeah, so you mentioned buying on the internet. We looked it up. We <laughs> found that you could buy a pack of 500 of these communion breads for as little as $10. Now, I don't That's know about incredible. you, Jules, but $10 for 500 Jesus doesn't sound too bad. <laughs> Doesn't sound too bad at all. Oh, no. Well, I guess that's the theory. That's that's true. That's a good point. Um, But exactly. So they only want... They want to verify that it has to be unleavened bread, so there's no danger of decomposition. The the thing that I'm imagining, though, is a priest baking school. So, like, I'm a qualified priest and a qualified Eucharistic chef. (laughs) It just... It does sound a little bit... Get the kiln out in the back of the church. Celiac disease is a real thing, and it does sound a little bit harsh for the Catholic celiacs out there. If they have this, they will literally could you know end up in hospital so you know what do you want them to do yeah i know i read an article saying that they were thinking of making them like not making them but saying that uh if they're gluten-free they should just drink the wine instead Mm. um which is weird because in my experience they don't often serve the wine um Mm. so i don't know this is going to be weird because this is just the vatican's thing now wouldn't it be ironic if they so a celiac ate the bread, ended up in hospital, and the only thing that would save them was... Prayer. ...doing communion. Uh, oh, no. Oh, what, if, what about during their final rites? They've got to give a communion. Just real quick, 
This was actually, um, this affirms a previous policy that was dated in June, but it was announced on Vatican Radio last week. So that's apparently, that's a thing. Maybe they should hire Sean and Julesar on Vatican Radio. Uh, well, uh, look, I would love to, if anyone's listening ever in the Vatican, look, we are available at the end of October. We're happy to fly over to Rome if <laughs> we have to. We're graduating. We will gladly take up any offer you might have. Look, Jules. Give us a job. We uh, have our, got our guests waiting outside. So we're going to... Oh, very exciting. Morgan Hipworth is going to be joining us. Bistro Morgan creator, 16 years old. Hey, Julesa, are you ready to inspire a whole nation of young people? Let's do it. You're listening to Front and Centre on Sin Nation with Sean and Julesa. Jules, we are joined with an extremely special guest. So our show, Front and Centre, all about inspiring young people by highlighting the incredible achievements of people under the age of 25. I uh, love it. This guest, we've been trying to get him since the first week when we first thought about this show. We're like, we've got to get this guy in because he just is absolutely He was perfect. the first name on the list. And we're so privileged to have him in the studio. Morgan Hipworth, he started Bistro Morgan. We'll be talking all about that right up. Morgan, welcome. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for coming in. Look, you started this crazy-looking uh, donut mm. business, some just you know syringes in donuts, all sorts yeah. of stuff. We'll get to that. But first of all, straight up, how old are you? Yep, I, uh, I'm 16 years old, yeah. 16. Man, when I was 16, I didn't even know what I was doing myself. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard a few different stories of what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> and you started your own business. That's incredible. Where did this start? When did this start? Yeah, so I started it when I was 13 years old. Um, wow, 13? Yeah, so it's kind of... it's. <laughs> bit old now no but i <laughs> i started cooking when i was seven um and that sort of just came about watching a few tv shows and things like that and um i sort of thought you know if they can do it i can do it so from one thing i ended up setting the front dining room up as like a restaurant and i would call it bistro morgan so you sub <laughs> french food um and then i would serve sort of three course meals to my family and friends every weekend uh, and that sort wow. of slowly progressed uh i used to do cake orders for birthdays for family friends and stuff and then i uh, when i was 13 years old i went to a cafe just a local cafe for lunch and you know when you're at the register sort of chatting to the um the girl there and we didn't know she was actually the owner but we're like how was everything i said yeah it was really good and i was actually buying some coffee beans to take home from my uh coffee machine and she's like you seem to know a bit about coffee and food for such a young age and I said yeah I do a bit of cooking and baking and stuff at home and she actually said oh we're looking for a new cake supplier uh would you be interested in bringing some samples in and I didn't really think anything of it I didn't even realize that cake uh, cafes didn't make their own cakes um next thing I know I took some samples down and I'm supplying all their cakes brownies and everything oh my gosh I couldn't cook until I was 20. I still can't cook. Yeah. <laughs> Two-minute noodles? Yeah. Uh, uh, not, not that bad, but my parents are away at the moment for two weeks, and I'm just lost. There's a lot, a lot of pasta, a lot just of lasagna. Just having a lot of frozen yeah. lasagna. So, well, you, you, so then you... So you're obviously talking about cooking three-course meals, so you like cooking a whole range of things. Yeah. But then you you settled on donuts. Yeah, so it sort of came out by coincidence, I guess, Um up until like when I first started supplying the cafe, I'd never really sort of made a donut before in my life. I done lots of experimenting with breads and other sort of yeast-based products, and I sort of really had a a joy for uh, the bread side of it. I used to have my own sourdough starter in the fridge and things like that. Um, so I had a bit of experience, but I never made the actual product of donuts, and that sort of came about when the cafe wanted something special for Valentine's Day back in 2014, and they wanted something different. So we sort of had a brainstorm with the manager, and we 
came up with doing sort of love heart shaped donuts. So I'd cut them out with like a love heart cookie cutter and fry them up. And we did them for love um, for Valentine's Day in the love heart shaped. And I just did like original custard, jam, salted caramel, that kind of stuff. So just like a plain filled donut. And they sold out of all of them. So next thing they wanted just plain round donuts every weekend. Uh, they went so well. I uh, ended up getting a few more cafes around Melbourne. I got a bit of media attention and sort of just taken off. And yeah, we've gone in leaps and bounds since then. That's incredible. So, like, when when did when did you open your own place? When did you decide? Yeah, I'm done done giving everyone else my recipe. Yeah. I'm gonna start putting myself out there. So I guess it kind of um, from there we that was uh, two years two and a bit years ago now. So January 2014. Uh, from there, I sort of hit the media uh, pretty big in August 2015. Uh, 14, sorry, and that was when I was uh, featured on like lots of you know today show sunrise all that kind of stuff and that sort of really catapulted the you know uh, cafes i would supply to um and then from there the um we had a pop-up store last september in 2016 where we ended up selling 10,000 donuts in eight days so it was sort of pretty pretty hectic and that was just like a you know it came about because I, I wanted a permanent store, but my parents wouldn't let me. So um, <laughs> the sort of compromise was to have a pop-up store, and that was in my school holidays. And then it went so well, I uh, I pushed and pushed and pushed until I got my way with the permanent store, and we opened up about three or four days before Christmas now. Awesome. So just touching on you know, Sunrise and Today, yeah. not today show and all that how does a two or 14 how's a 14 year old who's still at, who's obviously still at school yeah. got a lot of things going on how do you deal with this sudden overnight media attention that must have been pretty full on yeah it was it was pretty crazy i um i i guess it's sort of what catapulted it was i i had an article in the herald sun and um uh, i don't know if people know but a lot of uh, media places get their stories from the papers so um, I had first had an article in the Herald Sun when I was seven or eight, and that was about me cooking from home. And they wanted to do a follow-up one because, you know, I'd now started playing cafes. And we were told that it was going to be uh, on a weekend edition of the paper. So, uh, you know, papers are, oh, might run this week. If there's a news pressing story, it might run the week after. So I remember waking up, uh, checking my phone one morning. It was a Tuesday morning. And uh, I had a friend request from the producer of the Today Show. And I'm like, why would this girl, her name was Spinella, why would she be wanting to be friends with me on Facebook? And then I went through and I got a message. She's like, oh, we'd love to have you on the show. Would you be interested in flying up and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what is all this? Like, what's going on? And then all of a sudden I looked at my mum's iPad and I'm like, all oh, the story's gone in. And then we got a phone call from like ABC Radio and like all these places. And all of a sudden that whole day, I think it was on like 15 media outlets. Next morning I was up in Sydney on the Today Show. And I think it was pretty crazy. Um, a few days later I went to school and, I didn't really tell a lot of people at school what I was doing and stuff, especially teachers. And some of my own teachers were like, how do you still get your homework done? Like, we saw you on the radio and TV. Like, how do you even do all that? Well, do so, you? Yeah. yeah, I do. I get it all done. <laughs> I still manage. I'm in year 11 now, so still going strong. Just how, go, yeah. how do you manage to balance it all? It's busy, but, um, you know, I, I get there. I, I have a few study periods in school, which I try and get most of my homework done during school, so I don't have too much outside. Um, obviously, you're always going to have, you know, those commitments outside. But, for example, like I'm doing a business management 3-4 this year, so the year 12 mm -hmm. one, and I've got my unit 4 exam next Wednesday, so I'm sort of pretty crazily preparing for that. Um, and you've, you've got to put those extra hours of study in, but there's a balance. Pretty much most of my weekend is spent down the store. I am... Um, 
can't really fit too much study in over the weekend. But during the week at school is uh, when I'm at school, I try and focus on that. And then outside, I can do the business. Yeah, I was going to say, so is the shop seven days a week? Yeah, so it's six days a week. So closed, uh, open every day besides Monday. Yeah, so you obviously you can't be there. Yeah, I can't. Tuesday to Friday. Cause, so you pop in every Yeah, yeah every so I'm there weekend. every weekend. Uh, I would get there at about a normal weekend would be we get up at five or six o'clock in the morning, um, get into well. the store you know, depending on how busy it is, anywhere from 6.30 to 7.30. Our baker will have started about 3 that morning, so we already had staff in from them. Uh, we get in, we help decorate the donuts, get them all out. Then uh, the store opens at 10 a.m., uh, depending on what day I'm there, till either 4 or 5, which is closed, and then uh, we head out and, you know, you don't get out there at close. you still got to clean up and do yeah. all that kind of stuff. Go home, do all the spreadsheets, do the ordering and stuff, uh, invoices, all that kind of stuff for the next day. Now, most 16-year-olds don't really get a taste of the real world that early so you know yeah. you're working uh you know obviously doing what you love mm. i was just gonna say do you still after doing it like proper and the stress of working do you still want to you know do this for the rest of your life be yeah a, be a I, chef, think, pastry chef? I think the um the main thing is um it's like the old confucius saying if you find a job you love you'll never have to work a day in your life and i think that's what really really rings true to me and i, I think the key is i i started off wanting to be a chef but i've now moved on to wanting to own my own business and work for myself which is really sort of where i'm heading towards now awesome that's incredible man uh i just i'm having like an existential career crisis at the moment i'm 20 and you're, you look like you're <laughs> set up that, that's great well, hit, up, hit up morgan for a job maybe he'll, yeah. uh, maybe he'll help you I, have no, I have no baking experience but hire me please <laughs> just real quick question yeah what's with the syringes yeah so it's sort of a way you can uh inject your own fillings that sort of came about for a few reasons uh one of them was my dad doesn't like a lot of filling in his donuts and when uh-huh. i used to uh, give it to him it was either not enough or too much. Yeah. So I'm like, here you go. You can insert the jam in your own areas and how much you like. And it also keeps the product much fresher. It doesn't go soggy. So it really does uh, help with the freshness. And it's great for photos. Ah, uh, <laughs> yeah. I've seen some of these photos. <laughs> yeah. They pretty crazy. Just for the gram. Putin fishing and hugging sedated polar bears. You're listening to Front and Centre with Sean and Jules are on Sin Nation. You're listening to Front and Centre with Sean and Jules are where we... Highlight the incredible achievements of young people. Today, we've got 16-year-old Morgan Hipworth, who started Bistro Morgan, the crazy donuts you might have seen on your social media. Morgan, we're wondering, what are some of the biggest challenges involved when you uh, create a business at such a young age? Yeah, for sure. I think uh, you have quite a few. Obviously, like we were saying before, time management's a pretty hard thing. Um, Obviously, as I'm still at school, you know, managing that sort of balance is hard, but um, you got a few others. Lots of um, doubt, I think, is, you know, a, a big one. Lots of people, whether it's your customers or, um, you know, suppliers and things like that, just, first of all, doubting whether it's you doing the work or um, doubting if you've got the ability to do it, I think. So, so they not take you seriously because yeah, you're so young? Yeah, I think young. it's one of those things, and I think I am, I'm a big believer in uh, age shouldn't matter, whether you're whatever age, you can do whatever you want kind of thing. Um, I don't think because you're older that you should be wiser as such um i think whatever age and you know if you have a good go at it then there should be no reason why you shouldn't know how to do something and especially when you look at you know i've been cooking since i was seven so nearly 10 years now kind of thing i've had a sort of a bit of background in it so i think yeah that's been uh not a you know a challenge but as as much as it's not something that i've been unable to overcome so i think it's been an obstacle i think is the right word um you got lots of things like social media trolls and all that kind of stuff um but you know you always get over these things and i think uh when you're really passionate about the brand and passionate about the product um the consumers can really really tell and that's what shines through 
Yeah, I like how you're really highlighting the passion that goes into yeah. it. Um, because I guess that's like the inspiration that comes from it is the most important thing. Well, like you said before, it was the cooking shows that inspired you? Yeah, exactly. So it, it really was. It was like um, some shows that I, I used to watch when I was seven. I remember... I remember actually watching uh, the preview of it was MasterChef when I was when it first ever came on the first ever season, and uh, I remember sitting on the couch and I'm like to my dad, "What a silly show that is! Like, who would want to cook on a show? Like, who, who would ever want to do that?" Yeah. And it was like, "Oh, we'll watch it. We'll give it a go," kind of thing. And I sort of just I not fell in love with it, but I fell in love with the concept of cooking. I think the the thing to get out of it and, and how creative and experimental it could be. And I think even now I don't consider myself a creative person. I think that's what's really interesting. I'm, I can't draw. I, I can't. I can't do anything like that. But as soon as it comes to food and stuff, I, I can really sort of. It's like my outlet. I can do away with the, the food and stuff. So yeah. Now, yeah. Well, I've seen some photos of these donuts. They're pretty crazy. What, can you just like maybe explain a few of the flavors, yeah. or a few of the things that are really popular at the moment? Yeah, definitely. So the way our, our sort of flavors work, we've got a two-week uh, rotational flavor, so it's like a bi-weekly uh, flavor rotation, and there's nine flavors uh, on rotation every two weeks so we'll go week one week two week one week two with uh two flavors of the week every week so they always change for example this week we've got flavors of the week of a wagon wheel Ooh. and an almond dolce de leche which is like a caramel oh, uh, a lot. Uh, some of our signature ones the probably our most popular one is the gay time crunch which is a donut a signature brioche donut dipped in uh chocolate uh, with honeycomb crunch and a salted caramel syringe, we do white chocolate and raspberry, which we call the Netflix and chill. Um, we <laughs> do uh, what else? We do uh, fr- the Frail Rocher, which is like the Frero, but obviously after Frail Williams, uh, which has the Frail Rocher <laughs> on top, filled with a choc hazelnut spread. So we try and think of some more quirky names. Um, cocoa popping around, which is filled with like a choc hazelnut with cocoa pops on top. Um, yeah, so we've got a, a massive range of flavors that do sort of suit everyone. You know, we've got something down to the lemon poppins, which is a lemon poppy seed. Um, so yeah, sort of creative and fun, fun, fun donut flavors. That's awesome. They sound absolutely delicious. Do you design the aesthetics of them yourself? Yeah. So I, I guess in the whole time I've sort of had the the business, I've done over two or three thousand flavors. So I've done quite a few, and that sort of came about because. Up until probably about two months ago, I used to do new flavors every single week in the store. And when we were supplying the cafes, I used to do six new flavors every Saturday and six new flavors every Sunday. So as much as we'd have our signature ones, I would always be doing new flavors. Mm. So yeah, I've designed quite a few. And I think that's sort of where the popular ones have come through. And I've tried to sort of streamline it to our most popular ones. You know, the cookies and dreams, the Oreos and things like that are really, really popular. Do you have an older mentor or somebody in the, you know, who's been been in the industry for a while that kind of helps you out um not really and i think that's i I get that sort of question a few times and it's sort of i guess i try and um you know as much as i'm you know i try and do what i do and and sort of follow what i how i want to do it and i think that's one of the main differences i don't want to be like someone else I, i really don't want to you know, Im- imitation's a horrible thing as well because you don't want to be like someone else. I want to create the way I want to do it um, and do things the way I want to. I'm a sort of pretty determined and strong-minded person and if I decide I want to do something, I'm going to try and, try and get my way kind of thing. So <laughs> I think I, I try and find the flavours and stuff and, and go from there and I think it really sort of shines through when the consumers love them. It's really a great sign. That's awesome. It's such a good feeling to yeah. have everyone go, mmm, yeah, exactly. <laughs> in synchrony. I've got a very serious question. Yeah. How do you remain so skinny with all these donuts? <laughs> um, well, I guess I, I, I just don't eat them, to be honest. But I, 
even if I did, you, one or two is never going to hurt you. I think everything in moderation is absolutely fine. I like that. Yeah. I like that way exactly of thinking. Right. I like it. No, but <laughs> I think, uh, to be all honest, I, when you're around all the food all the time, you just, you, not that you get sick of it, it's just one of those things, it, it's not a novelty anymore. Because I could have a donut any single time of my life. I want it to be special. And I think that's what's really good about people coming to our store. They can try and make it like an event out of it kind of thing. You know, we had Father's Day just the other day. Lots of families coming to our store with their dads and stuff, you know, having a, having a great time. And, and donuts should be something that are enjoyed. It, it's not, it's not an, it's not, it's a, it should be a fun food. You know, people should come in, have some fun over it, have a laugh. So I think that's what's really good about them. As I said, you know, one or two is not going to hurt. You may be six might, but. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Um, is there a secret recipe you can declassify to us? <laughs> um, yeah, I guess, you know, secret recipe, we've got our, our quantities, but in terms of, the ingredients, all our ingredients are listed on our packaging. So our secret is just really, really good quality ingredients. So we've got flour, eggs, whole eggs, real butter, sugar, fresh yeast, um, water, things like that that really make the difference. All our chocolates are from Switzerland or Belgium, Ooh. so they're really, really high-quality chocolate. Um, our toppings are, are real toppings. You know, again, for example, if we, we've got a Kit Kat one, instead of doing half a Kit Kat, we'll do a whole Kit Kat. It's just not skimping, you know, where you don't have to and, and using the better quality ingredients to create a better uh, experience for the customer. Yeah, not cutting any corners. Yeah, exactly. Now, do your friends at school, uh, are they just harassing you every day for some donuts? Or is the more novelty like worn? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is the novelty worn off for your mates as well? Or uh, are you still bringing some donuts in for them? Yeah, I, I still bring some donuts in them for them, you know, every now and again. Some of them come into the store. Uh, uh, some weekends but yeah I guess they sort of um, it's just become normal I guess at school and I, I sort of live like a double life you know I'm at school just another sort of kid doing my homework and doing my stuff and then I, I come home and I've got like a completely different life but I think a lot of unless you know I'm good friends with someone I, I try and sort of keep those pretty separate and you probably wouldn't even realise as in I've sort of seemed just like so normal at school like, you know if you didn't see anything outside of it you wouldn't even know kind of thing it's like Hannah Montana yeah exactly <laughs> right now what are your tips for other young people who want to start a business like this not you know young um, in, in the 20s or yeah. late 20s but you know teenagers how, how do they go about getting started I think the key thing is to find what you're passionate about and I think that's um, it's really it's hard but you know, everyone's going to find something they are passionate about. And I think that's, you know, when a lot of the older people are saying young people are just sitting around doing nothing and it's it's not that, it's just they haven't found what they like yet. And the things that they do like, they can't necessarily put into jobs and businesses and stuff. So I think it's it's finding a hobby that, not that you can turn into a business, but that you love so much that you don't do it. Like, I don't do this because it's a business. Uh, you know, I do it because I love it and it's really enjoyable and I love the, the things that come out of it and the opportunities that come out of it, which is a really, really awesome. And I think that's the key to to whatever age you are, honestly, is finding what you love. And as I said before, consumers can tell when something isn't genuine. If you're trying to flog them a product, it, it doesn't work. They, it needs to be genuine. Um, I think the other thing is having a great support network. Um, obviously, my parents have been really, really supportive in helping me get this up and running. Um, you know, wouldn't be able to do that, you know, every, Mum, obviously, until I just got my learners, I couldn't even drive at all. So yeah. <laughs> even now down the shop, I still have to have someone come with me. So simple things like that you, that you don't even think about. But support's obviously another key one. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Mm. Cheetah book. <laughs> <laughs> with me up, I found you, go, go. 
Maybe something like that. You're listening to Front and Centre with Sean and Jules are on Sin Nation. We've gotten to the, the quick fire round. <laughs> We've uh, talked about a lot of pr- pretty serious, you know, um, business stuff about yeah. your very successful donut career, young donut career. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to lighten things up a little bit. Uh, we've got some quick questions for you. First up, what is your favourite topping? My favourite topping, I think, is honeycomb and salted caramel. Oh, Can't go wrong. What a yes. Can't go wrong. Love me some honeycomb. Yeah. Salted ca- I would bathe in salted caramel yeah. if I could. Yeah, <laughs> That's a disgusting image in my head. If right I'm ever now. rich, I'm going to have a pool of salted caramel and just dive into it. <laughs> All right, uh, Morgan, uh, we've got to ask, if you could physically be a donut flavour for the rest of your life, what would that flavour be? Ooh, that's a hard one. Maybe something a bit fruity to go off. Maybe some like apple cinnamon sort of flavour. Ooh. Or- Apple crumble, something like that. It's pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Be a deceivingly healthy. Yeah, <laughs> healthy yeah donut. exactly. Donuts are healthy. I like it. It's like, not... like we said, in moderation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's dinner time and I'm starting to get real hungry. <laughs> oh, <you> yeah. <laughs> uh, now, we know about your cooking skills. We've, that's been very well documented. What is your hidden talent? Hidden talent? Um, I guess I do a bit of athletics as well. Um, I do a bit of running. My dad's an athletics coach out as well. So, uh, yeah, do some, I'm like 800 metre running as well. So, yeah. <laughs> Just casually? A bit different. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah, last week we had a, um, a VFLW player and oh, she was nice. just saying, like, oh, I run like 10Ks in a game. <laughs> and Sean and I are like, oh, we run like 10 metres a day and stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> stuff puffing out. <laughs> All right. We're going to play a bit of a game. Uh, we haven't done this before. Yeah. Uh, we're going to make as many donut puns as we can in the next 60 seconds. Can you think of some quick donut puns on the top of your head? Don't worry. Yep. Oh, yep. yes. Classic. Everything's going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what else? You got anything else for us? Uh, me some dough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, oh, we've like got a couple. Rolling in the dough. Gonna, <laughs> rolling in the dough. Uh, yes, I do rolling not un- in the dough. I do not understand puns. <laughs> yeah, That's you know, I, don't, I, was, I, was, I was just sitting, I was just sitting around uni the day, and a donut walked up to me with a glazed expression. <laughs> oh damn! <laughs> Look, Morgan, you're selling a lot of donuts. You must be making a fair bit of dough. Ooh. <laughs> Morgan just made that joke. <laughs> I, uh, I re, I re framed it a little bit. <laughs> a donut walked into a bar, and the bartender says, "Why are you so sad?" And the donut says, "I feel like I have a gaping hole in my chest." <laughs> <laughs> oh. We've got a good battle last in the studio for that one, guys. All right, that was good. That was good. 60 seconds. I like it. <laughs> All right, Morgan, uh, coming to the end of that little quick fire round, tell us a little bit about what's on the agenda for the future. We're just speaking a little bit off air. You're going to bypass the whole uni thing. What's, yeah. what's on the agenda? Yes, I guess uh, I've got uh, just over a year of school left, of high school. Um, year 12. This time next year, and it'll be over. I have exams uh, straight after that. I want to, you know, go straight into it. I, I don't really want to go to uni straight away anyway. Uh, I don't think you need a sort of piece of paper to say you can do something, especially when you sort of work for yourself. Um, but, you know, I think it's important to finish high school. It really does provide some sort of great backing. If I ever did want to do anything different, it's sort of a fallback option, I guess. But, um, yeah, I want to go straight into it, expand this. I don't, I don't just want to have this business. I want to have my own restaurants, cafes and stuff when I'm older as well, uh, as well as continue running this for sure. So, yeah. Awesome. I love it. Yeah, b- very big goals, but going on what you've done in your teens, mm-hmm. I'm sure you'll have absolutely no issues getting Thank there. Thank you. Don't not even worry about <laughs> it. <laughs> well, Morgan, thanks so much for joining us. Sean and I have had an absolute great time. We hope you have too. No worries. Thanks for having me. No worries. Hopefully we've inspired some incredible young people to be as proactive as you mm-hmm. and you know get started from the tender old age of 13. Need a bit more of Jules and Sean in your life during the week? I think we all do. Search us on Facebook Front and Centre or on Twitter at Front Centre S-Y-N. You are back with your favourite radio host. That's another amazing show done and hashtag dusted. 
And surely one of our best so far, 16-year-old Morgan Hipworth. He was just absolutely fantastic to talk to. If you're just tuning in, we had a great chat with Morgan about how he's just started his own donut business. Uh, we'll endeavor to get the podcast up by the end of the weekend so you can check it out there. And you can check out old episodes as well if you uh, haven't listened to any of them. He is so well-spoken, and this show continues to blow my mind. I was just saying to Morgan before, it's the worst part about doing this show is that we continually meet people who are doing so much better than us <laughs> and yeah. just doing awesome stuff. Like, ah, it just, it just blows my mind. Super inspiring, oh. though, which is the aim of our show. You know, it's uh, making me think, you know, it's time to, you know, get up get and... Get more proactive with and, my dreams. Just go, <laughs> and, dreams. go and do something amazing, something creative. You know, whatever, just everyone out there, go and do it. Speaking of which, Sean was telling me today that he's in, thinking about being an academic. Why would you want to be an academic, Sean? Yeah, I was thinking about this, and I've decided that if I was going to be an academic, it could be for this one reason why. <laughs> just, you're walking around, you're, just, you're walking on the street. <laughs> so, you're, imagine you're in Melbourne, you're just walking on the street, and this is what I want to do. I just want to stop, just stand still, stroke my beard, and just ask the big questions in life, such as, what is... Morality. <laughs> <laughs> that is the only reason why I would want to be an academic. Besides that, I don't know. Because really... why not? It's funny because in comparison, my, I woke up this morning and I roll up my pants because I'm a hipster. <laughs> and I literally thought, it's going to be a sad day the day I no longer roll up my pants. That's a, that's a difference. <laughs> that's what I thought this morning. Mm. I thought, hmm, it'd be sad to roll down my pants. <laughs> Look, we're going to put it out there to the listeners. How old is too old to still roll up your pants? I reckon, you know, when you get to about 26, 26 27, it's 26th birthday, I'm going to just chuck down the... Yeah, roll them down. Roll them down. Oh, um, that's sad. We'll, we make, we'll make that a poll. Make that another yes or no question. Because we, yeah. we can't make polls on our Facebook page for some reason. Maybe social media manager Chester will figure it out, but <laughs> we'll see. Um... <laughs> It's going to be another great show next week. I'm looking, I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah, we are speaking to another super young guy doing amazing things. I think he's 14 or... I think he was 14. 14 or something like that. 14, well, 15. Regardless, too young to be doing incredible things. <laughs> no, you're never too young to be doing incredible things. What am I saying? Keep an eye out on our social media page. We'll drop a few hints early in the week and then give the big announcement. I'm really looking forward to next week's episode. Should be a good one. Absolutely. For now, this that was... Our show. Check us out again on Facebook and Twitter, front and center. Um, and I guess we'll see you next week. This is Sean and Julza signing off. Thanks for tuning in to Front and Center with Sean and Julza on our weekly podcast. What another great show. That was super fun. Don't forget to tune in every Thursday at 7 p.m. on Sin Nation or on our podcast a few days later. We will be interviewing more incredible young people and exploring more awesome, unheard of news. So, Sean. I'm pretty excited. We'll see you then.